It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. LMFM Podcasts, brought to you with Card Macross Credit Union, where you'll find the best car loan to get you on the move. Talk to one of our team today at Card Macross Credit Union, O'Neill Street, or cardmacrosscu.ie. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, the Renault Selection used car event, is now on. If you want to save thousands, check out this month's offers, including low APR finance, two years warranty, and roadside assistance. Terms and conditions apply. That Farley fella doesn't need any eggs. After all the cakes he got for his 65th, are you joking me? He's done for the next while. Come on, James, you don't need any Easter eggs. I don't know whether he even likes them. Must ask him in the morning. Anyway, you're not with The Breakfast Show, but late lunch on LMFM Radio this Wednesday afternoon. I will remind you that Vetchinade Kelly is in the house. She's marvellous. She really is. And she can answer any question about your pet. If you want to get the questions in, she's here at 2 o'clock with us. The number is 086-1800-658 by text or WhatsApp. Or you can call in with your questions to... Uh, what's the hell is that? I can never think of the number to call in on. 185715958, isn't that it? Yeah, I have it, at last. I should have that ingrained in my mind, shouldn't I? But it's the old soft head, you know yourself, when you have all these things running through it every day of the week. Sinead with us at two o'clock. Get your questions to us as soon as you can. America, imagine getting a Mercedes for nothing. Yes, for nothing. Martin Eastwood is giving away a Mercedes for nothing. If you just like his Instagram page, we're going to talk to him in a wee while on the show. But we begin today with an uneasing story for parents out there. Just before coming on air, Kate, a 17-year-old young woman from Navin, who was out for a walk with her dog near Navin just about this time yesterday afternoon, takes up the story. So yesterday I was walking my puppy Mia and I was going to meet my friend because he's working on a house on the the main road and I was going up to meet him and I just as I was leaving I could feel someone following me on my way home and I texted my friend and I was like someone is following me I don't know what I'm supposed to do and just as I literally sent the text a man cut across me from the other side of the road who was following me and there was a car parked and he got into the car and the car spun around and he got out of the car and he grabbed my arm and tried to pull me in towards the car and I seen an opening and I just body kicked him into the ribs and I ran home there. So you actually put a boot into his ribs and when you did that, he left you alone? Yeah, he fell back in towards the car and then he got into the car and they drove off then. So there were two men involved here, one on foot and another in a car? And obviously, they were trying to abduct you. Yeah. 
My word, such a frightening experience. And you, you live in Navin and you were on well, the Slane Navin Road, was it? Yeah. And you turned back into where you live and you just were aware that there was something up or there was somebody in close proximity to you. Now, yeah. I'll tell you one thing. You're a brave young woman, 17 <laughs> years of age. Where did that boot come from? Are you trained in self-defence? Yeah, I do karate. I'm on the Irish national team for karate and like that, that'd be one of my favourite techniques. So, Absolutely brilliant that you did that. But look, we are talking about this today on Late Lunch because we want to make people aware that there were two men in the Navin area yesterday who tried to abduct a young lady. How yeah. did you feel afterwards when you got home? What, what, what happened from there? I was just shocked and I was upset and it was just really scary of what happened. But you're very brave as well, let me say. Yeah. You really are. What a, a quick thinking by you and saw the opportunity to hit a blow back. Now, I suppose this brings it home to people, number one, to warn children today, warn parents to warn their children that these guys have been in Navin. But it speaks a lot for learning karate and self-defence, doesn't it? Oh, definitely. Like, I wouldn't, like, like, every time I see anyone now, I just feel like telling them, like, you have to know how to defend yourself. Like, if there had been someone who couldn't defend themselves, like, what would have happened then? That I was just lucky that I know how to fight back. And it was instinct what you did. You just did it from yeah. your your training and uh, practice and everything that you do. Yeah, well, it's just like everything just clicked in at once. And I just knew, like, this is like a fight or flight moment and I had to get, like, protect myself. Mm. Did you get a look at the car at all? Uh, it was a black saloon car. And did you see these guys' faces? If you saw them again, would you would you think you'd recognise anyone or did it happen too quickly? It happened very fast, so I'm not really sure. Yeah, but two men, could you put an age and even the fella that came towards you roughly? I said that they were about 40-odd-ish old. Yeah, so 40 years of age, in your opinion, with the with the quick view you got them. And they sped off as fast as anything, did they, when you... Yeah, they did. ...hit this guy a kick. Well, I think you're one of the bravest young women I've talked to in a long time, <laughs> I have to say, Kate. Well done to you, and feel proud of yourself as well uh, for you. standing up to these awful guys and for talking to us today to put the word out there to warn other parents and children as well. You're great. You really are great. Will you, you put me back to your mum there? Can I yes, have a word with her? Thanks a million. Yeah, thank, thank you. Not at all. You're very welcome. Okay. Bye. Bye. Hi, Gary. How are you? Hazel is mum to Kate. My word, you have one wonderful young lady on your hands there. Absolutely, thank God. I know, absolutely. Hazel, this must have just come out of the blue. Nothing like this ever dawned on your family or darkened your door before, has it? Absolutely not. No, that we, you, you, nobody expected to come to your door. Like, I'm just, unfortunately, that it did yesterday was the last thing that we expected to happen, that the she's been doing karate for so long that we she ne- we never thought that she'd ever actually have to use it for that mm. reason for defence you know but thank God she knew what she was doing wasn't she lucky that she had these skills and I do want to remind listeners I didn't say it were there when I was talking to her she's represented Ireland twice and she competed at the World Championships Karate in Tenerife in 2017 so this girl is very accomplished indeed and thank God she was yeah. she, she was taking the dog for a walk which she'd normally do along the Slane uh, Drogheda Road was it there? Um, it was that's right yeah and, but like, we have actually two dogs so it would normally be there'd be always two of us walking the dogs because they're too too much to handle 
for one. So it's just Kate took out the pup yesterday just for a quick walk. She was going up to meet her friend for a few minutes and she just took the pup out on her own. Whereas normally, that's why I said, like, it's a different time, different times that we go out as well. So it was just something out of the blue. Mm. And one of those things in life where you're in a situation that you're not normally in and something no. happens. Yeah. But, but it's like, frightening, isn't it, to think? Absolutely. That we just, I, I never thought that she'd have to, to fight like that, that we've seen her fight for in competition so many times. But when it comes down to it, that regardless... Like, of what trophies or whatever she has, she she won. She kept her life. She mm. won her life. That's the most important prize of all. That it doesn't matter. All her hours of training now were well worth. Absolutely, the, that outcome that it really it saved her. That's what saved her. Mm. And it's a message I'd say to other parents to consider. You know, self defence. There are so many genres in it as well absolutely. for your children. Yeah, absolutely. That it's so important, and not just children either, Jerry. That like Kate is seventeen. Like, it, well, she wasn't just a, a small child out playing or whatever. You know what I mean? She was, she's a young woman. Mm. So, like, like it's just it's so important for everybody to know how to, to look after themselves. Yes. And as you say, at 17 years of age, she's not a small child either. And no. uh, she knew what she was doing. And this is a real warning to parents uh, across Meath and Loud as well, that, you know, something like this, it's out of the blue, but it's a yeah. warning to say these guys are out there and you need to be vigilant and need to get Absolutely. the message across to your children. Yeah, that it just it, it can happen anywhere. It doesn't mm. matter whereabouts you are, that it's just they saw an opportunity to that the place was quiet at the time and they saw an opportunity and thought that they'd be mm. able to get somebody and thank God that she knew how to protect herself because other than that, it'd be unfortunately a different story this morning. Yeah, and when you think about it, mid-term at the moment, the schools are off two o'clock in the day. When you think yeah. the, the brazenness of these guys, they're afraid, uh, afraid of nothing, obviously, two uh, o'clock. Yeah. And she said herself, for the strangest reason, there wasn't anybody else about that there was there wasn't even children out playing. She said mm. it was just so. She said it, there was nobody about. That that's what, like, was the the weird thing as well. That they just seemed to catch a, a lull in the day. Mm. And these I fellas, think. did they start following her when she was out on the Navins Lane Road? Was it from there she felt the presence, and then when she turned mm. into where she lives, that's when they actually tried to snatch yeah, her. Yeah, well, it actually happened like a few hundred meters from her house, and that's when she was walking down. She felt that somebody was following her. Right. She actually texted her friend that she had just met to say that I think somebody is following me. So he told her to get straight down to the house. So that's what she was. She was on her way back into the house, down to our house. My, oh my, here we I have uh, two boys that really now need uh, to be found and yeah. actually brought to... Uh, to the nearest police station as soon as possible and questioned and whatever else follows from there. But this is an attempted abduction. But that's what we're talking about here. Yeah, basically, yeah, absolutely, yeah. That's, it's just, it's, it's still, to be honest with you, Jerry, you're still completely shocked that you don't, just, I can't believe that it happened. And even last night, just to think that what would have, could have been. Mm. Thank God that everything was, that she was able to defend herself. And that's the message that she wants to give to everybody is that, how important it is to to know how to look after yourself. For sure. Anyway, all's well that ends well. And Absolutely. there's no point in contemplating at this stage what might have been. What is, is that Kate was marvellous and was yeah. uh, had the presence of mind to contact somebody by phone immediately, alert them and then defend herself as well. So please, God, now I know this is in the hands of the Gardaí. 
these two guys will be found and Absolutely. will uh, receive the full uh, force of the law on on them in, in mm-hmm. due course. Absolutely. Thank you yeah. both for joining me on the show today. Thanks to Kate and to yourself, Hazel. She is one brave young lady. Very proud of her. Thanks so much, Jerry. Thanks a lot. God, it would worry you, wouldn't it? Really worry you. Just talking to Kate there uh, and her mum, Hazel, before coming on air a few moments uh, ago. But a uh, warning to everybody. Navin yesterday, two guys, black car, in their 40s. Be vigilant. Tell your children, be aware and let them know uh, that this threat and danger is out there. And it could happen anywhere. But it was Navin yesterday. And well done again to Kate, who defended herself admirably. 18 or 17 years of age. And uh, she was brave. She was in the face of fierce danger. You were at late lunch on LMFM Radio. How would you like to win a Mercedes for absolutely nothing, for just liking an Instagram page? Well, that's what Martin Eastwood is going to talk to us about shortly. My next guest is an entrepreneur. He's a social media marketing and events expert, CEO of Wide Variety Media, vlogger and public speaker, and he's giving away a Mercedes for free. He's on the line. Martin Eastwood, afternoon. Jerry, good afternoon. How are you, sir? I am very good. Well, listen, this caught our attention for sure, and I give you 110% on grabbing people's imaginations. Why are you doing this? Well, Jerry, I suppose I'm building a so- uh, following on social media. Um, you know, it, it's like, I suppose, attention on social media as it stands at the moment. It's like being a skyscraper in Manhattan in the, in the mid-1900s for a dollar. That's where it's at at the moment. That's where we see it. So I had to do something drastic, Jerry. I had to do something drastic. So to win this Mercedes, what do people have to do? So I suppose to win and to enter the draw, all they have to do really is to head over to my Instagram and that's at Martin Eastwood 1, number 1, at Martin Eastwood 1. And they'll see uh, the third last post there in uh, Win My Mercedes. All they have to do is like the post, tag the four friends who they bring with them on the fourth drive, and add the post to their story. And uh, it really is that simple, three steps. Mm. Are you on speaker or are you talking straight into that phone for me? You're on the phone, are you? Oh, straight on the phone, Jerry. Yeah, all right, that's grand. Yeah, it was just it was just coming and going. You know this old, old uh, mobile service yourself today. Tell us about this Mercedes. What age is it? What year is it? So she's a one four two E class, Jerry. Um, it's an E two hundred. It's cream leather interior, all the trim, um, neon blue lights on the inside. It's you know it's it's a really nice car, really nice car. And tell me this about it: how many kilometers or miles are on the clock? <laughs> I don't even know to be honest it's very very low anyway low mileage ok low mileage leather interior beautiful Mercedes in great condition are you the first second or third or fourth owner second Jerry. I actually I bought it off a leasing company so it was it was in the hands of one previous corporate and I decided you know what this is a beautiful car I'm sure someone wants it so let's see what we can do now is it your car, or do you drive something else yourself? Is this a second car? This is actually my one and only car at the moment, Jerry. Yeah, my one and only car. So what are you going to do if, if this car goes? Obviously, you're going to get another one, are you? Yeah. Well, actually, I, I have a nice push bike lined up. My friend Darren is sorting it out. <laughs> from a Mercedes to a push bike. <laughs> I think that's like falling from that skyscraper in Manhattan you mentioned from top to bottom. I'm telling you, Jerry. I'm telling you, look, something has to be done. No, on a serious note, though, Jerry, I'll tell you the two reasons why I'm actually really 
Okay. You know, doing this and going all out. And, and here it is. I suppose there's two reasons. The first reason is that, you know, I love to give back online. So true to true, every Monday I host a game show on Facebook, Martin with Game Show, where we just give stuff away to the audience. We just give them, like, concert tickets, money, whatever it is, just to kind of eliminate the Monday blues. But the second reason, and the, the, the reason I'm much more passionate about why I want more eyeballs on what I'm doing, is because I make a lot of videos online targeted at people who are suffering from depression, anxiety, low self-esteem, that kind of thing. And I spread a lot of posit- positivity and I try to kind of just put out a different perspective on things, I suppose. And I, I'm constantly getting tons and tons of messages saying, Martin, you know what? I was feeling really low. I was having a very bad a bad week. And I heard your video and actually, you know something? It made me think about things a bit differently and it really lifted me up. So, you know... For me, like, when I get tons of messages like that to say that you're actually helping people, you know, then for me, I just want to do that on a much bigger scale. And if it costs €20,000 to do that, then so be it. So you have set a target of getting 100,000 likes on Instagram, Instagram, and when you hit that, you'll then put all those likes. Will everyone's name go into a hat and it's just an open draw? 100% Jerry so what's happening is when the comment goes down and once they've followed all the other steps um, we're going to go Facebook live and we're going to use one of those uh, websites that pick a random comment yeah. um, and what we'll do is we'll just let that thing go at the post sc- uh, scroll through all the comments pick one person at random and then somebody is going to be 20,000 euro richer I'm sure they'll be very happy as well You've set the the bar high like 100,000 likes is a lot a lot of likes do you, I, like, I, I, like, it's a it, lot of car as well, Jerry. Yeah, but the, but the only thing I'm saying to you is, hey, Martin, you're a clever guy. You're a very clever guy, I have to say. <laughs> uh, you'll get a, an awful lot of likes for this. You'll get thousands of likes, and then you'll have them anyway. So really, in a way, your car is safe. Well, I suppose it all depends when we hit the number now, but I'll, I'll be honest with you, Jerry. I've done a lot of media since the start of this, and I, I plan on continuing doing it to spread the word out there, so... You know, I, I actually think there is a good chance that we actually can hit the number, you know, if the people get behind it, as we are so far. Hmm. Have you set a time on this? Uh, you know, is there a moratorium? How long are you going to let this run for? I suppose that's important as well. Yeah, no, it is. We've given it a month. Uh, we've given it one month uh, to hit the number. So the deadline is the 13th of May. So people need to get in before then. Um, and that is that is the deadline to hit the target. How many times can I like at Martin Eastwood one? <laughs> just you can just follow it the one time, Jerry. Um, but you can, you know, I suppose. Look, you can, you know, there's not. I can't stop people from commenting multiple times. That's the only thing I will say. Yeah. Um. So you could, you technically, you could comment a few different times. Uh, so yeah. Don't like to do about that. That is a possibility. So it's one comment. follow. I can only do one follow to you and that's it. So in a way, you know where you get these other things going on and people are in there all the time. Bang, 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 <laughs> keeping rolling up the numbers. That can't happen with this. So it's one per person <laughs> It will be in this uh, ultimate draw. Do you think, do you honestly think, hand on heart, come on, you're going to get a lot, as I said. Do you honestly think, tell me now, no nonsense here, 100,000 is possible. It is possible. Yeah, I fully believe it. Who else is 100,000 uh, on Instagram in the world? Are they superstars? Are there any people like yourself? You've got some... You've got some uh, sorry to cut across you there, Jerry. You've, you've got some uh, some very well-known Irish uh, personalities, such as uh, James Patrice. You've got James Kavanagh. Those guys, Coach Owen Roddy there in the MMA. So, 
very well known guys. So the first two I mentioned are probably quite similar to myself in that they're uh, kind of very much online uh, bloggers and personalities and that kind of thing. So, you know, it, it's definitely very possible. Yeah, and, and what I think is, you know, it's taken a certain level of growth so far, but I anticipate it's speeding up as time goes on, as the word spreads. Um, and if you could just have a box of tissues ready for me, Terry, I'm going to cry my eyes out with this card. <laughs> I really am. <laughs> Oh, you might get sponsored from some of the tissue companies the way you're talking there. The tears are running down my face this afternoon here in the studio, Martin, to be honest with you. You're a smart cookie. You're a smart operator, I have to say. I really admire you. Anyway, there's ways and means of getting more followers, and this is a pretty unique one when we saw it for sure. Anyway, I'm encouraging everybody listening today to go and follow at Martin Eastwood one on Instagram. Come on, let's get to 100,000 and call this fella's bluff on this Mercedes and see him on a bicycle cycling around the city and beyond on his business. Wouldn't that be something else? That would be something else, Jerry. You know something? And I just want to wish all your listeners the best of luck. Let's hope, let's hope it's one of your listeners that picks up the prize, Jerry. Wouldn't it uh, be maybe great? You, you could probably present it to them on the day. Well, I'll keep you to that if that happens. Absolutely. Martin, nice to talk to you on the show today. Take care of yourself. Pleasure. Thanks for having me, Jerry. Not at all. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's Martin Eastwood there. <laughs> Go on. Come on. Let's get 100,000 <laughs> and take that Merc from under his backside. At Martin Eastwood 1. Get following there. He's a nice fella. He is. And he, he is a lot of people uh, following him already I I have to say and he does a lot of good interesting talks about overcoming fear and failure, reaching your potential entrepreneurship and other things besides you heard him there. What do you think Louise? What do you make of that guy? He's great. You have to give it to him. Like he just tries and and it's a great stunt. Mm. He's going to get you. See he can't. He he wins either way. You know what I mean? (laughs) I think if he gets over, Helena was trying to explain to me earlier, gets over 10,000 he can swipe and put links up on his Instagram, which kind of makes it gives him more power on on that platform. Okay, okay. So he needs ten thousand. Well, he? he's I think he's seven over seven thousand at the minute. So he's not too far to go to that. At Martin Eastwood one, folks, get onto your Instagram accounts and give him a follow there and start a building up the bike. numbers. <laughs> I can just can you imagine? No, <laughs> <laughs> no, neither can I as no well. No Bluetooth there. No, yeah. He has another plan up his sleeve, hasn't he? He has for sure. Do you know what? I woke early this morning. You know what woke me? The birds, they were going mad. The dawn chorus. It must have been half five or quarter six or something. Must have a lot of trees around the house. Oh, listen, we haven't loads of birds. They were going mad. I could hear the blackbirds going mad. And they actually woke me and bad scraps to them. I couldn't nearly get back a bloody sleep again when they woke me. But then the devils, our friend and friends, they stopped. And I'm still awake. <laughs> they they go for a time and, and then it all stops. They go about their business. Anyone notice that how powerful the song and the dawn chorus has been? I remember, I remember just when we lived in Termafeckin Village and we lived yeah. near the church was behind us. Loads mm. of trees there. Mm. And you would hear every morning about five o'clock. If it wasn't the, the dustman, it was the birds <laughs> that wake you up. <laughs> they wake you for sure. Anyway, we love them. We all love them for sure. But that hour of the morning, they were just welcoming in the new day and the new life as they do every single day, day after day, year after year. And uh, good luck to them. Anyway, they woke me up this morning. Didn't need an alarm clock for sure. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio coming next on the show after two. It's one of our regulars. It's Vetchinade Kelly. Have you a question for her today? She'll answer all comers, I promise you. Get in touch with us now. WhatsApp or text 086-1800-658. You can call in on 1850-715-958. 
vet Sinead Kelly is in the house and your questions are coming in to us already. I'll remind you of the number again if you want to put a question to Sinead 086-1800-658 by text or WhatsApp or you can call in on 1850-715-958. Sinead, good to see you again and your four-legged friend is with yeah, you today. Yeah, Cleo's back so we we're missed all sorted. Her. Yeah, yes, everyone we, misses her. And Absolutely. you know, she's lovely. She understands the place here. She's coming that long now and she's so comfortable in the studio and she's just there beside her master taking our time. Sinead, uh, I've lots of questions for you already. Here we go. Let's go with these. It's a doggy one first. Our dog killed a rat in the back garden yesterday. Should I be worried about her contracting a disease from the rat? Yeah, it is possible. Uh, rats uh, often carry leptospirosis, which is a bacterial uh, disease which can cause uh, kidney problems and liver problems. Uh, normally, it's protected against in your dog's annual vaccination. So if your dog has had its annual vaccination within the last 12 months, you should be fine because that includes protection against leptospirosis. If not, then there would be a risk of the dog contracting leptospirosis. Now, it's probably too late to vaccinate the dog now, um, but I think you certainly need to keep a close eye on the dog over the coming kind of days to weeks. Any signs of illness or anything like that, um, changes in, in thirst or appetite or sickness or diarrhoea or anything, and go down to your vet because, yes, it is possible to contract lepto. So definitely make sure you get your boosters every 12 months. Can I ask you something related that's just come to my mind as I take that question? And it's about rats. If you mm. get, and people keep rats as pets yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. And of course, you have veals or vile yeah, disease, which is a, yeah. a, a, which you've been talking yeah. about there. And when you're keeping rats, do you know domesticated rats? Is yeah. that an issue for people keeping rats? It doesn't rats? seem to be. No, it seems to be. The, I think there is still a small risk, but it's nothing like the, the, the risk with, with wild rats. So no, normally domestic rats are not an issue from the point of view of leptospirosis. So they should be okay. They should be okay. So What do you make of rats as pets? They're actually really good pets. And you know, some of the most... I mean, I, I meet loads of different types of clients but I meet lots and lots of clients or owners who are so bonded to their animals and who adore them and would die for them and one of the categories of owners who are most like that is rat owners they seem to form an incredible bond with their pet that I maybe from a superficial viewpoint would have thought no that's not that, that's not the kind of pet you're going to get a huge amount back from but they do seem to form a really good human pet bond so yeah I think as pets they're good pets they seem to be quite good pets definitely I much prefer them to things like ham- hamsters or mice or things like that because the hamsters and mice and gerbils don't like getting handled um, they're much more likely to bite. They're, they're you know, much more nocturnal. Whereas the rats can be really quite interactive and be quite good buddies. So, yeah, no, they're quite good pets. God, if there's rat owners out there today are people who love them as pets. Get in touch with us. I'd love oh, to hear from you. Oh, I bet you'll have people on and they'll be, they'll be declaring their undying love for their rats. I want to I, hear I, from them. Yeah, no, I absolutely. do today. 086-1800-658 by text or WhatsApp or 1850-715-958 if you'd like to call in. Here's another one for you, Jeanette. We have an older dog who has arthritis. Okay. Can CBD oils help with this pain? Yeah, there's a lot of talk about this now, isn't there, about the CBD oils and whether that can help. Now, certainly there's a lot of research that shows that CBD oils can be of some kind of benefit. A lot of the information would say that probably the the actual amount of the active ingredient of the CBD within the oil is probably not high enough to provide a huge amount of help, but maybe as adjunctive therapy. But what I would probably do if your dog has arthritis, unless you already have done this, is I would make an appointment with your vet. Um, There's lots of different things you you can get help with. So... 
Um, one of the first ports to call is your dog can be prescribed anti-inflammatories, which are a type of uh, analgesic and anti-inflammatory medication which help with the pain and the discomfort. Um, then there are additional uh, pain relieving in, um, medications that can be given, like tramadol, for example, that can help with the pain. Gabapentin can help with the pain. And then things like um, the, the what we call nutraceuticals. So things that we can add into the food that uh, help as a natural anti-inflammatory. So you have things like the glycosaminoglycans and chondroitin that we find in health food supplements. So you can get these things as well as things like acupuncture, massage, physiotherapy. So it's a very holistic approach to arthritis. So the first thing I would do, I wouldn't go off and buy your CBD oil as your first protocol. I would go and chat to your vet about medications, about holistic therapies. And then I think if you're struggling with all of that and you're not getting very good responses... Well, yeah, add in your CBD oil and see how you get on with that as well. Yeah, it is relatively new. I know that myself and it is being talked about yeah, more and yeah, more. Absolutely, in, yeah, absolutely, yeah. In, but I would, I would see it more as part of a okay. group of therapies. Okay. And I, I wouldn't leap into it first of all, but I would definitely think of it as something to use as a backup for, for the things. Thank you, Sinead. Next one, I'm smiling as I see this one here. <laughs> Our cat keeps bringing dead birds to the back door. How can we stop him killing birds as we love them around oh, the garden? Oh, I know, it's such a shame I mean what you know I'm presuming you don't have a bird table in your garden because that's just going to be a kind of a there'll be a sitting duck if you forgive the pun for, for the cat um, I mean some people advise putting a collar with a bell on it and then the, the movement and the, the sound of the bell will, will put the, the, the cat off or the birds off that's probably about all you can do um, apart from keep your cat as an indoor cat but then that has the kind of welfare um, you know uh, consequences for the cat and they become very stressed then if they're kept inside um, or for example what you could maybe do is keep your cat in during the day and let the cat out at night that's another alternative um, but yeah it is very difficult and, and certainly cats are the biggest people used to blame the mag or they still do actually blame magpies and birds of prey for actually the little garden birds and actually cats are probably the biggest predator of, of garden birds so definitely you know have a, have a think of either um, a collar with a bell on or maybe restricting your cat's access to the garden and if you have got a bird table maybe dismantle it because maybe the, the birds will be a sitting duck there for the cat Ella's been on to say, yes, Jerry, we had a pet rat uh, some years ago. They are so intelligent. Yeah. We loved him and we walked him on our arms. It scared other people who came to visit us. Uh, but there you are. They're yeah. already. Oh, on. Yeah. There's another there, one there's there as well. There's a huge bond there, a really huge bond. Now, back to our canine friends. My dog is going to kennels in May for two weeks. I know he hates it, even though it's the fifth time okay. now five times and they take great care yeah. of him I have to say it's just that he's traumatised for up to a week when we take him back home after okay. the holidays can Sinead suggest anything to make this situation a little easier yeah um, there's a thing called I've talked about it before a dappy or dog appeasing pheromone so there's a number of different products you can get which help dogs to deal with stress so you can get what's called a dappy collar or an adaptal collar which releases this dog appeasing pheromone so you could put that on a few days before the dog goes into the kennel keep it on while the dog's in the kennel and have it on again when the dog comes home and that can help to de-stress and relax the dog so that's quite helpful um, the other thing you can do is again have a chat with your vet um, there are a few different medications there's a um, kind of ex- there's a, um, a medication which is extracted from milk thistle um, which can be very good for de-stressing and, and kind of calming animals down um, it's one of the milk proteins that can be very useful so have a chat with your vet there are kind of nutraceutical type formulations which 
which can help to calm the animal down and your dog a beating pheromone so try for that and then when you get the dog home from the kennel just lots of attention lots of TLC just make him feel welcome and, and back at home and hopefully you'll be okay but the, d- the dappy collars are good so have a chat with the vet about that definitely and you've obviously heard of this before that there are certain dogs that don't adapt oh, well and it, yeah yeah absolutely there are they're just like people they have different personalities and just some dogs just find it very stressful the barking of the other dogs the smell of the other dogs so much going on it can be difficult for them but the dog appeasing pheromone products are very very good so have a chat with your vet about that there you go. Good advice on that one there. And it'll be co- it's coming into holiday season now and lots of people will be leaving their, their pets off to be yeah. cared for yeah. when they're on holidays as well. I was going to say the best thing, don't go on holiday. Oh, <laughs> or I know, Bring, bring I know. your pet with you. But they, of course, that's not practical. I'm only being facetious there. Let's move on to the next one. We're back to the feline friends. Our cat's breath stinks. Would brushing her teeth help? She's three and I've never attended to her teeth in the past. Okay, I, I, we were all we're great advocators of brushing dog's teeth, but I think you're a very brave person if you're going to try and brush a cat's teeth. I don't think it's going to work. They're just not the right personality to let you do it. So have a look at the cat's excuse me, teeth yourself. Sorry, excuse me there, I've got a frog in my throat. <clears> throat> have a look at the cat's mouth yourself and just check, is there a much tartar? Is there any evidence of gum recession? Any evidence of, of um, little pockets of plaque or tartar or things like that? And maybe pop down to the vet um, and get that checked out because the most common cause of bad breath is dental plaque or tartar, which needs to be removed via a scale and polish under anaesthesia. Mm. The, the thing is, you say there about dogs, dogs are amenable to having Absolutely, a lot of dogs clean. are. Some yeah. dogs won't, but a lot of dogs, and it's a thing you can kind of get them used to from being a puppy, you know, so it can be very useful. Or you can get a little thing. It's like a, it's like a little thing you put in your finger, and it's made of plastic or rubber, and it's got little kind of soft bristles on it. And you can start off, you just pop your finger into your amenable dog's mouth. I wouldn't suggest this for a nasty dog, um, and just get them used to you massaging the gums or rubbing your finger along the teeth, um, and then you can, um, you know, get them used to then a toothbrush and things like that. So that's a very good idea. Yeah. So there you are. You can tackle uh, the uh, doggy's teeth, but the cat, and I can imagine, and they have sharp knives. Yeah. No, I think you'd be very brave. Will... I wouldn't be tempting oh. that now. I see plenty of cat's they'd, teeth and I wouldn't be going with the brush they'd, there. They'd absolutely open you for sure. Yeah, yeah. Have you questions for Sinead? We have a lot on the pile, but we can put yours to her as well. Keep them coming to us. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text or call in now on 1850-715-958. More answers to your questions from Sinead in a moment. Our dog has had a cough since Christmas. Okay. Sinead, should we uh, be worried? Oh, definitely. You need to go to the vet. Um, I mean, a chronic cough that's been going on for four months or so the things you'd think about would be is there maybe a heart problem so if you have a a problem with the heart the heart can become enlarged and press on the airway and, and make the dog cough or you can get a bit of a, a backlog of, of fluid within the lungs and you get fluid le- leaking out into the alveoli that can cause a cough. So heart would be number one issue. Uh, number two, you would think about maybe something like chronic bronchitis. So if there's a smoker in the house um, or if the dog is getting a bit older, you can get chronic bronchitis change causing a cough. Or number three, you would wonder, um, could there be um, maybe like a, a tumour is a possibility? So something like a cancer, that would be a big possibility. So really, you know, uh, infectious coughs are not as common in dogs as they are in other species the most common infectious cough in the dog is kennel cough and normally that's gone within a few weeks self-limiting so it's unlikely to be an infectious cough so I I think you know you should really go because it could be something that it's almost certainly something that's going to need treatment and investigation so definitely go and make an appointment as soon as you can Sooner rather than later is the message there I'm delighted with this one Uh, How long it's a three part question actually How long do budgies live? That's number one and how would I know if it's male or female? We have he or she okay. for six years at this wow. stage right yeah. and P.S. the third part 
Is it okay to feed it greens? Yeah, I mean, budgets can live for quite a long time. I mean, seven, eight, nine years, so they can live too. So absolutely, uh, you know, hopefully you've got a few more years left. Uh, yes. Uh, to, to tell the sexes apart, if you look at the, the budgie sear, the sear is the area around the nose or the nostrils. Uh, and from when they're a few weeks old, um, the area in the females is kind of a brownish colour and in the males, it's kind of a bluish colour. So blue for boys. So that's the way to tell. So that should help you. As far as getting greens, as part of a balanced diet, yeah, that's fine. I wouldn't feed them only greens because I think they might get um, you know diarrhoea and things like that but as part of a balanced diet yeah a small amount of greens is probably quite good my dad uh, my late dad Brennan he, he always had cage birds and, and uh, canary or something that would sing songboards but he used to go out in the autumn or even before that in the summer and cut the tops off um uh, the dandelions, oh, no one yeah. they go to seeds, yeah. and and they close in this little white top of them that blows everywhere yeah. when it opens out. But before it opens out into yeah. that thing, the seeds blow everywhere. He used to gather a few of them and cut the white top okay. when it was enclosed off it, and inside that are the seeds before oh, they right. come out. Oh, right. Give it to the birds, and you know something, they loved it. Oh wow! Yeah, they'd get it naturally, yeah, I suppose, yeah, if they were out and about. Yeah, Just an yeah. interesting little wow. aside that I think of when you mentioned it there. You're not a fan of cage birds, I know that. I just feel, I mean, birds to me are meant to fly. So I just, I'm sorry, for, I feel sorry yes. for birds, you know. So I think it's difficult being stuck in a cage all day. So mm. they, they kind of, I feel sorry for them. Uh, that incident last week of somebody in Dublin having this monkey, just I wanted to mention know, that to you yeah, when you were with know, me today. I know, I know. Isn't it wrong? You talk about cage birds, but to have of an course. animal like that the, is... The reality is that as humans living the way we live, we cannot provide the right environment for an animal, a wild animal such as a monkey. You know, you just can't. I mean, you know, they're not meant to live in people's houses or in people's sheds or back gardens. You know, they're meant to live in the yes, wild, yes. In, in, a, in like a jungle type environment. Absolutely. And we just can't do that. And that causes huge stress, huge distress for them. Now, here we go on back to uh, cats again. Cats and dogs, of course, dominate always the questions of the most popular pets uh, across this country and many countries as well. Our cat's eyes has been weeping for the last seven to ten days and okay. we're cleaning it all the time but there's no sign of it okay. stopping. What is that? What is that? It's probably a little bit of an eye infection, so a conjunctivitis. Um, now, the problem with cats is that sometimes they get conjunctivitis as part of a generalised upper respiratory tract infection called cat flu. Um, so it could be caused by a little virus, either the herpes virus or the caliche virus, or it could be caused by a little parasite called chlamydia. Now, all these things are going to need treatment to resolve, okay? So it's not going to go away with own accord you're right to be clearing away you know use a bit of warm moist cotton wool to clear the corner of the eye a couple of times a day but really you'll need to pop down to the vet and get a little checkup and see what kind of drops or ointment you're going to need and you may need systemic treatment as well if it's part of a generalised cat flu Okay, needs attention urgently. That's the message there from from Sinead. It won't clear up by itself. It won't itself. clear up by its own accord. Simple no. as. And if you and leave it, if you have a superficial eye infection, and if you leave it, then what can happen is you can actually get problems with the cornea, the surface of the eye. That can become ulcerated, and then you can actually end up in the extreme in an untreated ulcer. The actual eye can ulcerate open, and you can have an exposed insides of your eye. So worst case scenario, if you leave something long enough, you can lose the sight in the eye. So definitely not something to be ignored. Here's another one for you. Can you ask Sinead, Jerry, is Valeria drops safe to give to a nervous dog? Um, yeah, I mean, what I think are Valeria, Valeria drops? it's like a natural, it's like a wild herb. or um, right. So I think it's supposed to have calming effect. I don't know enough about it to know whether it would take effect, whether it would have an effect. But uh, I, I, again, I suppose you could use it as an adjunct. But I think there are more effective methods out there. So I would have a chat with your vet, first of all, the dappy collar or the adaptal. There's actually ads on the radio now a lot I've noticed about on television coming up about distressed, nervous, anxious dogs. So the dog appeasing pheromone, the adaptal or the dappy, go for one of those collars or you can get a plug-in that, that you plug in 
into the rooms in your house produces this low-level dog-appeasing pheromone and it has been scientifically shown and studies have shown that it does calm them down. Uh, and then failing that, there are other kind of oral supplements or medications you can get from the vet. Valerian may well help, but again, I'd have that more towards the bottom of my list. I would try the, the actual licensed drugs first of all. Is nervousness in a dog something that's genetic or, you know, when you get a puppy first, can you contribute it'll to it yourself? Com- it'll be like in humans. It'll be a combination of environment and genetic. So it'll be a part of the genetic makeup of the dog and then what way they were exposed or what they were exposed to when they were puppies. Puppies, like humans, like cats, have what are called critical periods in their life. So the critical periods of the pups are quite early on. They're kind of two to four weeks and about eight to 12 weeks. And what they say is that whatever the dog has not been exposed to by 12 weeks, they're going to be somewhat afraid of after that point. So that's why it's a really good idea to be able to, you know, once your puppy's vaccinated, get them exposed to lots of things so they can be in a, in a kind of reassuring, kind of calm environment and they can meet new people, they can meet dogs, they can... Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Meet cats. Uh, they can see cars on the road. You know that they know that things are are happening around them, and they're not they're not to be afraid of them. My dog is usually great at going to the toilet outside first thing in the morning, says a listener. But there have been a few times recently that we've come down in the morning to let him out at the same time every mm. day and he's done a watery poo on the floor. OK, that sounds to me like he's getting caught short. So I don't think he's been deliberately, um, you know, lazy about toileting. I think he's obviously, if, if it's a bit watery, it means that it, it, he's just had the impetus or the urge to go to the toilet a little bit earlier. So again, you need pop to your vet. So there's obviously something going on in the intestines that are upsetting his bowel motion. So there may be some infection there. There may be a parasitic cause or there may be related to his diet. He may have developed a bit of a sensitivity or an allergy to something in his food. So I would, um, what you can do is bring a stool sample with you when you go to the vet that can get sent off and checked out for different things for bacteria and parasites and go and have a chat with your vet. It may be something as simple as changing the diet, but don't be cross with the dog. Um, I, I think he's just been caught short because he's needing the, he's got the urge to go to the toilet. We 
we've time for another one. Uh, hi, Jerry. Our terrier keeps sneezing in recent days okay. constantly. Is it a sign of a cold or is there something else up? Yeah, again, dogs don't really traditionally get colds, uh, so it's unusual for them to sneeze. So um, I would maybe think about it. if it doesn't settle down the next day or so, I'd maybe pop them along to the vet because something that they can do is they can inhale a foreign body. They can inhale a little blade of grass or a little grass on, something like that, and your vet might need to anaesthetise the dog and have a look down the back of his soft palate and up behind the, the back of his nasal cavity to see what's going on. So if there's no nasal discharge, if there's no um, bleeding or anything like that, then that's all good. But I wouldn't leave it much longer than the next couple of days. I think if we're still sneezing in a couple of days, go and get it checked out. Thank you for your text messages and questions by phone and uh, to uh, Sinead Kelly again on Late Lunch this afternoon. We've got through loads, I have to say, there. Thank you for joining us again, Sinead. It's always a pleasure and you're so helpful to our listeners and please God, we'll see you again in the month of May. Thank you indeed. Now, with four children under six, it's understandable why Kerry Hiddleston decided to say goodbye to her accountancy career. However, not one to let the grass grow under her feet, Kerry is now developing a new career career as a personal stylist and she's ours for the next while on Late Lunch. You're very welcome to the show. Thank you, Jerry. Good to see you. Come in a little closer to that mic there for me. Troon in Scotland is where you come from. Yes. And I don't play golf, unfortunately. Oh, no. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I just assumed I was going to say to you, this woman no. is a golfer, has to be a golfer. No. Anyone in your family? Nope. Nobody at all. <laughs> What a waste. <laughs> the nearer the church, the farther from God sums exactly. it up for sure. I was going to tell you all about it. Had nine yeah. open championships and Henrik Stenson won the last one in 2016. So let me park all that for a minute. <laughs> you went, you lived in Troon. You went to the beautiful St. Andrews I University. Know. Now that is a famous place. I know it's such a waste that I don't play golf. Oh, it? don't yeah. worry about that. I have that. a hockey swing. So oh, well, look, yeah, listen. Yeah. There's I always get to the time. green, it just takes me about 10 shots to get <laughs> <It's getting old>. <laughs> <laughs> You're a young woman. There's lots of time ahead to take exactly. up the golf sticks. Retirement, retirement. Yeah, don't even think about that at this stage. Anyway, St. Andrew's University, you went to, and I have to mention Kate and William, don't I? Did they go there? Yes, they did. The Royals. I I left the year beforehand. Yeah, you just just miss them. ah. I know, I miss the golf and then I miss Kate. Oh, mother of moly. But look, what did you study there? I studied French and German literature and language with a view to becoming a teacher or an interpreter. And you were diverted from going to France to take up a career in that aspect of life to Dublin. What took you to Dublin? I came to visit family because my mother's Irish. So I came over just on the way. um, They suggested a bit of interview practice before I moved to France and had some interview practice in Irish life. Got a job. Very good job. Met an Irishman. Not my husband. They met my husband. And I'm still, then had four kids and I'm still here. So yeah. What, yeah. A, what a real skip through your life yes, in, in a flash pretty much there. It in a nutshell. But you had a very strong career in accountancy in the IFSC, hadn't you? Yes. You, re- you rose to the position of financial controller, yes, didn't you? Yes. Yeah, no, I did pretty well and I yeah. enjoyed it. I worked there for, I'd say, about 20 years nearly in finance, pretty much. Did you study to be an actuary? I did. (laughs) I did for a few years and then I realised that wasn't quite for me. So I jumped ship and joined the accountants and then became an accountant. Actuary is a very specialised area. It is. You know, the points in the exams here are massive to get get into that. So you did a number of years, but you decided into the accountancy. Um, You meet this man, Mr O'Grady, Pat, and uh, you marry in 2011. And suddenly, in a short space of time, there are four children. (laughs) <laughs> yes, four and four years. A set of twins in there, of yes, course. Yes, there was, yes, in fairness, yeah. Now, my oh my, when your responsibilities and the personal nature change in that fashion, yeah. 
work you do have to look at, with both of you working, of course. Mm. Did you leave after the first second of when the twins arrived? What no, happened? No, I, I, I went back to work after after all of them, to be honest. Right. And I was back working full time with the four of them under the age of four. So it was a bit of a struggle to get out in the morning. Mm. It's an understatement. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was saying I kind of skipped into work for a break, to be honest. Um, not that I'm saying finance is easy, but you know, yes. given what I was going through in the mornings. Um, and then the company was basically merged with another company and there was going to be redundancies. And then I, I had the opportunity to leave and oh, I, I kind of fell into finance and it was getting harder and harder to get out of the house in the morning. And I said, perfect time, spend some time with the kids. I mean, effectively, I was kind of paid to leave, so it helped yes. make that decision for me. Yeah, which you is get a decision. voluntary severance, it's exactly. great, isn't it? Exactly, it's hard, because you think about doing something that you love, mm. and you think about changing. But if you have a mortgage and young children, it's very hard to make that change. Whereas I had the opportunity, very luckily, to spend over a year at home with the children when they were at that age, that it's just... I was very lucky. Mm. And of course, they grow up all too fast and they're all going to their creches or, or the play school and exactly, the school now at this yeah. stage that, with their ages. And you have suddenly then time in the mornings. Exactly. Yes. No, so they were all out of the house um September. It was. They were all out of the house finally. Um I remember coming back to the house the first day and it was quiet and I was kind of standing going, oh my God, this is so odd. I skipped about the place for a while. <laughs> it was amazing. Um, and then, oh, I just, I kind of wanted to be doing something. Um, and I didn't want to go back to working in finance full time. I wanted, it wasn't that I didn't want to do full time hours. I just wanted to be in charge of my hours and I wanted to do something that I loved. And I'd always been very, very into fashion and interior design. We'd done up our own house. I'd always like have questions about clothes and friends asking questions. And I suppose it started off with a few people asking me to do wardrobe detoxes and take them shopping. And then it spiralled to the point where I thought, listen, I better actually do a course in this to get the sort of practicalities. Um, so I went to Dublin Institute of Design and that was fascinating. Actually, that was really good. And just got busier and busier. So I stopped taking on finance projects because I was doing this full time. And then, yeah, so that's the story, basically. <laughs> so it spiraled very quickly. Yeah. You are busy, busy, busy with this. Yeah, thing. I know I'm busier probably now than I was when I was working in finance. But the difference is instead of being tied to a desk from nine to six, yes, you're doing probably more hours, but you're in charge of your hours. And also, I really love it. I mean, I enjoyed working in finance. Mm. I really did. It was a good challenge. Yeah. But to do something that you actually genuinely are passionate about. I mean, I don't know if anyone's passionate about accountancy, are they? Maybe they are. I don't know. <laughs> Radio I, silence, I'm, literally. I'm, I'm going to, uh, what did they say, invoke the, invoke the Fifth yeah. Amendment on that one. I better say nothing mm. because I have an accountant friends. Yes. And we'll just leave As it. do I. I. <laughs> I know what you're saying. We, we know what you're getting yeah. at. We yeah. read between the lines. Yeah. Boring, boring, boring. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on to something that's rocking your clock now. Yeah. Who are your customers? Who's coming to you? Um, so a lot of busy mothers, a lot of um, women working very long hours, um, not necessarily people who need help with the style aspect, but maybe people who are really busy and don't have time to shop. And then some people who don't like shopping. Um, a variety, to be honest. But I say a lot of them are between the ages of, say, 35 and 55, because yes. there are a lot of personal stylists out there, but they're very young and they're looking at maybe, not all of them, but some of them are looking at some of the, like the, the 
like there's Zara and Pennies, etc., which are shops that I would use, but I would mix them with more high end. Yes. So because when women get to my age, you you can't afford to buy nice clothes, but you want value for money and mm. you like a mix and you don't want to be uh, advised by somebody who's half. Maybe you do, but I, I think a lot of them say they don't want to be advised by people who are like half their age. <laughs> to wear outfits that doesn't necessarily work yes. for them. And that's the difference because I can say to them, listen, I am in my 40s. I have four children. I also know you need looks that are very easy to put together. You can't be thinking about what on earth goes with what first thing in the morning. So you need easily designed wardrobes that are basically work for you. And these are women who want to dress smartly and yeah. look well and are in jobs. and Exactly. So it's business women and women who are at home. But just because you're running and doing a school run in the morning doesn't mean you don't want to look good. Yes. You know? But it needs to be practical as well. Yeah, you know? of course. Now, personal shopping is a very personal thing for yes. somebody to put that responsibility to you yeah. for them. Does it take a lot to, you know... Um, hit the spot with people. You know what I'm trying to get at? Yeah. That you, 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 you buy and you point them in the direction yeah. of what they love. Yeah. So you need to basically get a real, you need to be a people person and you need to really understand the person. And you also need to say, listen, this is what I like. Do you like this? But some, you need to dress the person for themselves as well. I can't force my personal style on somebody else. You know, I need to work out what they, what they spend their time doing, what their favourite look is, what their favourite colours are, what, the, you know, whose style they admire it might not necessarily be my style they might think I look quite smart and maybe I'd be a good person to take them shopping but they might not want to wear the same clothes as me and also you know I'm tall and slim not everybody's as tall as me and I know that I can wear some things that other people can't wear and other people can wear things that I can't wear so it's all about it's about being approachable and about getting someone to open up to you do they open the wardrobes yes Yes, is and that that's often yeah, that's often a good way to do it is actually to go through your wardrobe as is and see are there items there that you haven't worn that you're never going to wear or could be worn in a different way and what are the key items that are missing to bring it all together. Okay, so, so that that is interesting. And then take them shopping for the key pieces afterwards. So that's normally a good way to kind of yeah. Go and is that what you do? You actually go and hold their hand to the yeah. different boutiques, shops you mentioned exactly. the, the popular ones as well. You yeah. take them there then yeah. and you're with them and you as they fit on and try. You're there. Exactly. And because I'm independent and I'm not affiliated to anyone, so a lot of the big stores have a personal shopper, but they'll push you towards the stuff of that course. needs to be sold. <laughs> I don't care whether I take someone shopping and we spend money in Zara or we spend it in Brown Thomas. Mm. It doesn't matter to me in the slightest as long as it's, some, it's what they want. So, And of course, with time and different clients and yeah. mixing with different ages, as you mentioned, and it's an interesting age group, you say there, yeah. and I could see why they mightn't want somebody in their 20s. Yeah. Obviously, you build your experience as well. Yes. Oh, no, totally. Yeah, it makes a big difference. So. And you're improving and becoming better. Would you say that from you started? Do you see oh, this? definitely. With every client, you learn something else. Yeah. Yeah. This wardrobe thing, I want to talk to you about this for a minute. You know the yeah. way a lot of women hoard and they have wardrobes. <laughs> We've all done it. <laughs> Menu hoard as <laughs> yeah, well. Exactly, You're looking yeah. at one of them here that doesn't yeah. clear out every so often. But anyway, yeah. Do you have women? You know that you have to talk to and say, "Listen, it's time to let go. It's time to yes. clear out here." Is that tough? It can be, and some people are quite emotional about items of clothing. You're you're not going to say to them, "You need to throw that out" if they're attached to it in particular. But you do get people to sit down and say, "When's the last time you wore it? What are you going to wear it with?" And realistically, is there any point in holding on to it? And then. With it, you can either, you know, give it away to charity or sometimes you can resell it. It just depends on the value. Mm. 
seasonality is that a big yeah. thing for you and and, yeah. and colour trends with seasons that you'll yeah. hear you know you'll pick up the magazines the newspapers the yeah. fashion supplements and they say this colour is in for spring this year this is the big thing for summer these are the styles this is yeah. back do you pay attention to that? Oh of course you pay you totally pay attention to it and you have to be on top of it but you also have to you have to be careful how you apply it as well um, for example coral this colour living coral which is a really orangey coral is really in and that's the colour for spring and summer um, it's beautiful if I wear it I look ill so I don't wear it you know from the waist up you could wear a skirt and some people it suits and some people it doesn't suit so you know maybe you just have a bag that colour or you have something smaller and some people don't actually they don't necessarily want to be bang up to date with whatever's on catwalks they just want clothes that work for them and they maybe want classics. So yes, you need to be up to date with it because some people will ask you and will want to wear that type of clothing, but some people don't. Some people just want to wear classic items that won't date. Where do they check you out as we speak now? How can people, we're talking here on the radio, where can they look at you now? Because they all have their smartphones beside them and they're on laptop computers, etc. So I just basically use my Instagram for most contacts. So it's Kerry Hiddleston. So that's H-I-D-D-L-E-S-T-O-N. It's quite unusual. Um, So there I would post... Um, outfit inspiration, interiors inspiration. If anyone needs to contact me, they can contact me on that. And similar, sim, um, similarly, um, they can email me as well. So that's okay. So if you're there now, Kerry Hiddleston with an I, check her out Instagram. You can have a look there now as we speak. Yeah. Kerry with a Y, sorry. K E double R Y. Yes, that's in the country. And Hiddleston <laughs> with, H- an I. <laughs> yeah, with an I. See that Y yeah, and yeah, I. Which one's with I have a couple of questions here for you already. She's staying with us, isn't she? Lovely, and she was a high flying accountant with four children. Children under six, and now she is styling women. Stay with us on late lunch. Bye bye accounting. Hello, personal styling. Yes, that sums her up. Kerry Hiddleston is with me on late lunch today. One other thing I want to say to you mm-hmm. and congratulate you on yeah. that house you bought <laughs> what, about nine years ago when you did a huge, like, yeah, a massive my job. God, yeah, I'd say when you walked in there and looked at you, you said, What have we got into here? Yeah. You've made a lovely job of it. What the, you know, you're obviously talented in this area. Is that yeah. something that interests you, interior design? Oh, yes, massively so. Um, it's been something that I've, you know, been passionate about for a long time and had a lot of actually had a lot of inquiries specifically there was an article in the independent there a few weeks back um that had pictures of the house in it and a lot of inquiries since then as well about if whether that's something i would do as well so yeah another so, string yeah. to your ball at least they're not asking me to do their taxes so you know it could be a lot worse <laughs> i love it i love it good luck with that and yeah. watch this space yeah here's a question from a listener jerry Ask Kerry, what about ages? When should you ditch the miniskirt <laughs> or dungarees and realise you should dress, well, they say older, but I say more appropriately for age, let us say. Well, that's a tough one because let's face it, everyone wants to be lamb and not mutton. But having said that, who is anybody to say what someone should or should not wear? And if you've got the legs for it and you want to wear it, then, you know, go for it. So there's no hard and fast rule. I don't think so. I really think it's attitude. It's also what suits people. And, you know, some people might not feel comfortable wearing a miniskirt after the age of 30. Some people might be wearing them at 50. I mean, it really does depend on the person. And I don't think whether someone's a stylist or not, it's up to them to tell someone what they should or should not wear. They can suggest outfits that they think may suit them. But at the end of the day, it needs to be what you wear represents you and your personality. And you can't force your style on somebody else. You're there to help them find their style, if that makes any sense. 
But you know the type of woman that's drained into a mini skirt with the bare legs <laughs> at an age. <laughs> <laughs> and you're looking and thinking. You said it, not me. <laughs> I am saying it. I love a miniskirt. I love a miniskirt. Oh my god, on the right legs and the right body. Wow. I know men always hate these outfits that are in like the oversized look, and sometimes I put stuff on and I'm like, God, my husband, yeah, look how on trend I am. And I can see he's just looking at me going, Oh my god, would you ever just wear like a little black dress or something? But yeah. But doesn't it make people, you have to say, feel really good when, when you look well and your colour suit and you it dress does, well? You can just pick people out. And it obviously does an awful lot for the, the person themselves. Yeah. No, I think so. And I think you carry yourself better and you feel more confident. It just makes you feel, if you look great, you, you feel great. I honestly do believe. And that is, that is, is really yeah. is so, so true. Being a stylist, do you, do you find that, you know, from accountancy to styling, they're yeah. not exactly uh, close bedfellows? No, but I can do my own accounts, so, you know, it <laughs> saves me a couple of quid on that, I suppose. <laughs> exactly, does. That's the other thing about yeah, accounting. Yeah, yeah. Boring, but know how to charge. Exactly. I just said that as well, <laughs> exactly. to put that in as a provision. Exactly. But you know what I'm saying? They're really, ex- you yeah, know. Yeah, they are. They're so different. But the thing is, I started off doing languages and I always did sort of, was more on the art side of things. Um, and... You know, I just, I suppose finance was something that I fell into and I actually really enjoyed it. But you also pick up a lot of very valuable information about business and how to run a business mm. from that. So it's all useful. It just doesn't seem like it naturally yeah. segues into the other. What do you reckon about Dublin, Ireland and the availability of different aspects of fashion? Is it right up there in terms of selection for all ages and up to date with current trends? You oh, know what totally. I'm getting at? You know, yeah, when you think no, about totally. London, New York, yeah. Paris. Yeah, no, no, totally. Dublin's fantastic as well. I mean, Ireland, different, obviously bigger cities in Ireland have more of a selection than some of the smaller towns. But then I go to a lot of the towns and they have these phenomenal boutiques in them with really interesting um, labels in yeah. them. So, I mean, it's it's something that I think there's something there for everyone and there's a great selection. Do they get to know you? You know, you have your yeah. clients, all yeah. right, that engage yeah. in that. And, uh, yeah, you need you to work have a good them. relationship with people in the yeah. shops. You basically. know what I'm saying? Yeah. That they, they need know, to know Carrie. what you need and what you want and to be able to talk to them and they'll, they'll, they'll help you. Do you get any kickback from them? <laughs> no, that's not how I work. <laughs> I wouldn't be independent then, Jerry. You <laughs> see the way my business brain is I know, is yeah, you're totally like, what do you get out of? No, somebody wants to hire me, they pay my fee and I don't care where they shop, but I don't get any kickbacks. Yeah, Because uh, yeah, otherwise you would find yourself naturally taking them to the same places all the time and trying yes. to get them. And that's just not what way. you are no, about. not what I'm what about at doing. all. No. Yeah. Repeat business. Will will yeah. that become something that you know that somebody comes to you, they mm. trust you, they come back and they yeah. recommend to others? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So there's word of mouth, and then I have some people who come back to me on a regular basis, and then I have other people who just need a bit of a kickstart. They might want to do wardrobe detox, and then you show them what suits them and how things work, and they might be quite happy to go off and do it themselves after that. But mm. you know, that's just the way it works. So. Thank you for dropping in. I've really Not enjoyed all. our conversation Me on too. Late Lunch today. Yep. Check her out. Kerry with a K, K-E-R-R-Y, Hiddleston, H-I-D-D-L-E-S-T-O-N on Instagram. And you'll see all about this wonderful lady there. Yes. I wish you well. Thank you very much. You're inspirational, you. I'm sure, Thank to you. many, many women listening to you today. We'll talk again, I'm sure. Okay. Thanks, Thanks for joining me on the show. Okay. Let's head towards news and sport at three in the company of the Goo Goo Dolls. I wonder, are they in minis? 
Sammy Davis Jr. was a member of the Rat Pack, so the answer we were looking for is yes. Congratulations to a namesake of mine, Terry Kelly, who's going along to the Ultimate Big Band Show, coming to the TLT in Drogheda, Saturday week, April 27th. Elvis Presley, the Rat Pack, Liberace, lots of big acts from many years ago and a big band there coming as well. Tickets available from the TLT box office or the TLT.ie. Big thank you to Sheila Maloney who sent us in all the goodies for Easter. You're very good, Sheila. Thanks a million indeed. Anna Burke's been on from Ballymun to say that Kate, yes, young Kate, the wee girl who was uh, the subject of an attempted abduction yesterday in Navin and who kicked out at her attacker. We were talking about it at the start of the show. Anna's saying she's a credit to her family. A brave young girl keep up those karate lessons uh, and she says she was originally uh, Anna was from Hayestown in Navin she knows the area well happy Easter to Jerry Louise and all the crew at LMFM she loves the station we love those remarks to be honest with you as well and another one I see there we were talking about mini skirts a few moments ago to uh, stylist Kerry uh, Hiddleston and uh, we've had a listener on to say hi Jerry I'm 55 in a couple of weeks and I still wear the mini skirt I wear what I feel I'm comfortable The legs are not too bad either. We'll give you a call after the show. Love to talk to you on late lunch one of the afternoons as well. And Seamus McGrath in Dramin uh, was on to us late yesterday. We didn't get a chance before the end of the show. He's fixing a clutch into a car uh, when it broken down. And he was laughing his you-know-what off at the story of the moving statues, of the breaking statue that I told from school days on the show yesterday. Thank you all for your lovely comments to late lunch this afternoon. Up next on the show... We have a man with chains in the studio. Oh, the lovely chains. Oh, yes, you do know that Mark McGowan has recently been elected as the new president of the Restaurants Association of Ireland. And he's in studio today because the focus is on Scholar. Stay with us on Late Lunch. It's time to talk business again on Late Lunch, one of our regular features. And today in focus is Scholar's Townhouse. 15 years, would you believe it? It's on the go in Drogheda and a real landmark it is. And joining us today in the show, I mentioned a moment ago, is Mark McGowan, who's one of the McGowan clan who opened Scholar's those years ago and new president of the Restaurants Association of Ireland. As usual, joining us from the mill, the wonderful Brendan Casey is here with us and Aaron McKeown from Drogheda Chamber, who are the people who are behind this idea on radio is with us well today. You're all very welcome to the show. Thank you Thanks, for joining Jerry. me. Thank, Thank you, Jerry. Mark, Thanks, Jerry. congratulations to you again Thanks. on the chain and you, you have the chains of office here with you. It's, it's a two-year term. Two-year term, 24 months, yeah. Yeah. So um, it was the the unveiling was last week, or my in, uh, inauguration, if you want to call that, in uh, the Europe Hotel down in County Cork, or Killarney, I should say. Better not get that mixed up. <laughs> um, so we, we had our AGM down there, and um, it was great. It was, it's a great honour and a privilege to receive the chain. So and now they're finally up in the northeast. so I'll do the best I can to represent yes, them well. Yes, and they go back. It was just showing me there to 1970. There have been a lot of people who've held those. Are you the yeah. first from this region? I think I am, yeah. yeah. I am. As far, as far as I know, I am now. I think there might be one or two names missing. The chains are fifty years old, yes. So there might be one or two names missing, but they've gotten better as keeping them in in good shape. Yes, but, um, in latter times, and there will be one for you exactly. there, of course. And I'll be there for the fiftieth anniversary. Oh, isn't the, that fantastic? So. Anyway, scholars in focus today. Yeah. What year did you open? 2005. It's actually December 2005. So this will be our 15th Christmas. We're 14 years in business this year, but our 15th Christmas. So, um, yeah, 2005, we opened our doors. Bit of a panic. I remember um, there was just myself, um, my parents, Martin and Trish, and um, my brother, Glenn. And we were running around the hotel like headless chickens trying to unveil the wrapping off the chairs and everything else. And... um, 
that was just the four of us at that stage. We'd um, one one girl helping us around the place. She's still with us today, Anna Cobra. She's a fantastic member of staff. And um, so that's 15 years later. And we're still here, thank God. And many more people employed in the place and the business has grown and grown. You know when you do something like this? Yeah. Because it was... A, con- a convent of a school yeah. uh, you know a lot of history in it as well and you're doing something that's unusual to be honest with you and a place that's not known for a hospitality you know yeah. sector business yeah. did, 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 was it slow to get going or did it take off immediately well the way it, I mean I, we, we had already acquired the building yeah. and um, my dad had different plans for it. He, he wanted to originally turn it into a nursing home believe it or not so um, that was the original plans and uh, the plan and permission fell through um, so one thing led to another and we said we go back to what we do best because we were in the pub game in Fibsborough beforehand yeah. so hospitality wasn't something new to us um, the rooms were new alright so um, mm. there we had it we went in and we went for we, we small small bedrooms 16 small small enough rooms but very very comfortable very very well laid out and we opened our doors then in December and before you know it occupancy was was getting better occupancy kept going up and up because the Lawrence Centre was being opened at that stage Scotch Hall was being opened yes. at that stage the tiger was roaring it was but we we had to think we really had to think on our feet and I have to credit where credit's due my dad done a great job in terms of um, the vision he had for it because I remember looking at the building I was on the building site and I said there's no way you can turn this place into a hotel and in fairness to him he, he got the work done got the job done he he done all the work himself basically he had a vision in his head and we just followed suit and before you know it then we had the doors open and it did take off I, I know this myself and it's become a landmark go-to destination this business is not easy because it's 24-7 365 days of the year it's Correct. just Correct. relentless yeah. and it's is it fair to say, you know the saying, you're only as good as your last gig? Absolutely, 100%. That's, we live by that. That'd be our mantra, really. It, it, I know sometimes people, a lot of restaurants, you would you would hear the same terminology coming out. But it's definitely 100% because if you have, a, you have a bad week or two bad weeks in terms of food service, your reputation's gone. So it really is tough to keep to keep it to the level that we want to keep it at. And um, but that comes down to obviously skills, and it's getting harder and har- harder. We have a massive, massive skill shortage at the minute, so that's where it kind of gets difficult. So that's where we, as a family, come into play, and we have to be able to be versatile and be able to jump into every area. I find I'm working in the kitchen now three days a week at times, and then when we get comfortable again, then I can get back out and do my thing on the floor. You know, mm. bring in Brendan Casey from the mill at that stage. You know what you guys do as a, a hub of innovation and development and new business ideas, etc. Where do you tie in with hospitality, or, or does it tie in to a, any degree with you, Brendan? Well, it, it does. Um, so it, it's very important, Jerry. You know, people want jobs and they want to live and work locally. But living locally means going out to eat locally. It means having the right mixture of social, cultural events. So whether it's a small company starting up, or whether we have IDA bringing a company to the mill. Uh, we can show them the facilities we have, but they also have to go down and experience the restaurants. And that's a key selling point. If we don't have that, if we don't have a heartbeat in the town, which is an issue, obviously, that we're always looking at, uh, you know, you won't get, no matter how great the facilities in the mill, you won't get these companies staying and growing there uh, unless you have that other um, options for eating out 
going out, uh, going to the theatre, going to a show, etc. And Drogheda has a great tradition of that. Uh, so it's still, it's a crucial part of the economic uh, offering that Drogheda has. I'm sitting here, it's something I never considered from, from an aspect of your business as well, that the likes of Mark and hospitality and having a, a prestige venue like his is so mm. important to you in your offering. It is, and uh, I suppose like we... You know, we have various visits and they often go down to scholars. As Mark will know, they go to other locations as well. We've had quite a few award-winning restaurants in the region now. Yes. And the whole, I suppose, tourism sector is changing and it is, you know, year-round now. Uh, it's a priority, I suppose, for the Chamber. The Northeast Action Plan for Jobs recently, you know, one there's five strategic objectives in it and developing tourism. So it's probably fair to say that tourism probably was a bit slow to develop but we've seen so many different things happening in the Drogheda region now and there's massive potential and I think we're only really at the starting point and you know there's going to be a huge influx of, of tourists over the next few years in Drogheda Exciting times ahead Irene McKeown is with us from the Drogheda Chamber you're very welcome to Late Lunch I know she's an avid listener to LMFM Radio on the show every <laughs> afternoon nice Thank to have you Thank in you, studio with us as well Scholars from the Chamber's perspective as well, they've had a big day down there today, isn't the Tornish de Below? Yes. He is indeed, and it's um, there's a great turnout down there in Scholars today, and the place is buzzing. Um, there's the, the unveiling of T.K. Whitaker's um, uh, plaque uh, down in Scholars, and we're delighted to have... Um, uh, scholars as part of our membership and indeed it's fantastic to see uh, the the likes of this um, hotel taking on um, a national role and indeed so many other um, local companies are doing the same and of course we have the FLA Yes, the launch is coming up I see on the 2nd of May again for the second year for Drogheda 2019, been a bit quiet up to this but it's about to really uh, burst into bloom like the spring that's happening out there at the minute very shortly, but you wanted to mention scholars in the context of the FLA yes. I did, I mean because uh, we're all very familiar with it at this stage in the FLA village which was uh, the um, I suppose the brainchild of scholars and the McGowan family and we all knew at the time last year that that was the place to be. Mm. And I can't see what, the, I don't know what they're going to do this year, but it's going to be good. <laughs> it is. And I don't know how, Mark, I want to say to you, just building on what Eileen, uh, Irene said there, uh, how you got them <laughs> into that car park. You did a TARDIS like Doctor Who, you know, when he used to come out of the box. There was, was a lot of reversing food trucks and, sure. and ice cream vans yes. and tweaking marquees to, to make sure we had it right. But we are so looking forward to the fly this year, um, not only for Scottish, but what it does for the town. It, it, was, it really was spectacular event last year uh, the organising that goes into it is um, it's, it's tough um, we're, look, we're looking forward to it for obviously a variety of reasons it's going to um, boost the economic conditions in the town and also um, give all of our staff a big lift and yeah. uh, going forward hopefully bring more business our way as well Time's going to beat us very soon. Look where it goes. Where does it go when you're enjoying yourself? The hospitality sector, come back to that, because that's why you're here today in this yeah. focus on business. And you're the first really hospitality business we've had on this. Um, the challenges. You mentioned getting staff is number one. You know, uh, maintaining that standard day in, day out. What else? It is. It's tough. Look, um, the cost of doing business is, is, is effervescent. It's going up and up all the time. Um, obviously, Brexit's just around the corner. We don't want to get into that. That's a different argument. But uh, we had a 50% rise in the VAT this year, which was really, really tough. And obviously, insurance costs are very, very high Your dad well. was here with me They're, about that, yes. It is. It's really causing a lot of hardship, not just in my own business, but business around, around uh, the Drogheda community. So 
So um, that's that's really, really tough. And we're losing our competitiveness, Sherry, as well. Um, and that's what I find as well. We're bringing uh, people in, uh, coming across the border. Sterling's gone up through the roof. And all of a sudden now, we're losing a slight amount of our competitiveness. But I think the big challenge is making sure that we can continue and be as hospitable as we can. And that sense of genuine Irish hospitality. And that's what we offer in Scholars Townhouse Hotel. And we're hoping that that will prevail and it'll keep them coming. Because at the end of the day, we have uh, 38 members of staff now. I've got to make sure that we're paying them every week. I know it's a small hotel, 16 beds, um, we have the gastro lounge and the restaurant, but don't forget we have a lot of different services there. I have a, I have a breakfast service to start off with, I have an afternoon tea service, I have a lunch trade, I have an evening trade. We serve actually food 24 hours a day as well mm-hmm. because we serve food to our residents, so it takes 38 staff to be able to do that, but it started off with four of us. Isn't that just a great story, Brendan, when you, when you reflect on that? It's great. I, I remember... I think I was saying to Mark about four years ago, I was in there and um, I suppose that was the tail end of the dreaded recession and the hotel was full. I don't think I was, I was speaking to one of Mark's colleagues and I was wondering who who the people were sitting around me and they told me there was 13 people, uh, a group of 13 uh, rooms booked out from Scandinavia coming over here, playing golf, going to Betty's Town, uh, going to Loud Golf Club. And that, that's, you know, that was a great achievement even, you know, four years yes. ago. And that's something that you've continued on. Yeah. Uh, and that's great, even from our perspective, you know, to have overseas companies coming up, overseas people coming over here, probably business people. Yes. You know, really experienced the wider as, region as, as well. As you say, Brendan, as well, Scholars is um, a great amenity for, for the town as as the mill is. But we use the likes of the golf courses that surround us. We have a trilogy of fantastic golf courses and we really focus on and harness that tourism and bring it into Scholars because the offering that we have now is not only great golf courses but we have a great destination for our food and dining out in Ireland now which is Scholars and the other restaurants around town and obviously it's a collaboration of the likes of the mill the likes of the Drogheda Chamber of Commerce and ourselves and that's what it takes to bring to make Drogheda a good tourism destination in my opinion. Have to leave it there today thank you all for joining me continued success to Scholars good luck to you for the next two years as President of the Restaurant Association much, of Sherry. Ireland. Thanks Brendan thanks for dropping thank into it again Brendan Casey from the mill Irene McKeown you're well Welcome, thank you indeed for joining us on Late Lunch today. And we are leaving you in the company of Donna Summer. And I think this says it all about scholars. Hot stuff. See you tomorrow at half one.
The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. The Renault Selection used car event is now on. If you want to save thousands, check out this month's offers, including low APR finance, two years warranty and roadside assistance. Terms and conditions apply. LMFM Podcasts, brought to you with Cartmac Cross Credit Union, where you'll find the best car loan to get you on the move. Talk to one of our team today at Cartmac Cross Credit Union, O'Neill Street, or CartmacCrossCU.ie. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.